All right, thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Here's our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, We just heard from the prime minister. I'm actually getting a printout of it as the speech was given in Hebrew uh, to the people of Israel. It's widely expected that after this unprecedented attack, uh, you know, estimates now up to 1,100 Uh, people in Israel murdered another hundred plus. We don't have an exact figure. What is is the worst attack uh, in terms of loss of life and impact on Israel uh, since their, you know, foundation, if you will, the the ring, the U.N. Peace Accords uh, Agreement 1948. Uh, It's not the first time that, you know, Israel has been under hostile fire. Pretty much they're entire existence has been that way i'm not again i'm going back to the u.n peace accords not israel's origins um but you know ben gurion who was the first prime minister of israel you know reached out his hand in good neighborliness uh and that was may 14th of 1948 and the next day the arab israeli war may 15th 1948 broke out with iraq egypt jordan syria when they when they all invaded israel uh, and, you know, followed by, you know, historically some of their bigger conflicts. And again, more loss of life over this past weekend than than any of these other prior conflicts. The six day war in 67, Israel attacked by Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon and Iraq. The Israeli Air Force, they literally destroyed the Egyptian Air Force on the ground over a period of three hours. Uh, and so that didn't particularly last long, six days. Then the Yom Kippur War, which 1973, Egyptian and Syrian forces simultaneously attacking Israeli positions in the Sinai Peninsula, Golan Heights, respectively on the Jewish holiday Yom Kippur. And eight months later, Israel, Egypt, and Syria signed and agreed to a ceasefire, and Israel remained in control of the new territory north of the Golan Heights and west of the Suez Canal in the south. You know, in, in a series of other peace agreements, accords, and flare-ups have, have continued all throughout this time, and um, but none have none have been this severe. Um, our prayers are with our friends, our allies in the region, and all that they've had to go through. Um, it, it's kind of amazing as you begin to, to put the details together and the utter stupidity of the Biden administration. It is, on the one hand, you know, you just... You just scratch your head and you wonder how can people be this stupid, but they really are stupid because we have report after report after report. Probably the most prominent over the weekend was from the Wall Street Journal detailing Iran's involvement in all of this. Now, remember, there also you got you got Lebanon and Hezbollah firing rockets now uh, from the north and on top of what's happening with Gaza. I happen to know all of these areas well because I've been pretty well traveled all throughout Israel. And we've been there during conflicts before. And, you know, we literally, a border town uh, that was one of the towns that got hit the hardest. Linda says a better salute. You say it with a little more oomph than I do. Yeah, it's, um, it's Terot. And then we were at the Soroka University Hospital. That's the only thing you ever say that doesn't have a New York accent. It's actually amazing. But, you know, when we went there, I mean, you look out and over the horizon, past the fence, obviously, and you see Gaza is right there. 
And and that's the town, if any of you remember my reporting at the time, where kids do not have outdoor playgrounds. They they have playgrounds in what really are underground bunkers because by the time they fire a rocket from Gaza it's and its close proximity to this town and this city, it's it's about 15 seconds from the from the second it's fired before it actually strikes. And and we were there and, and literally because, again, tensions were high at the time. And uh, the night before we had gotten there, we, we saw the results of the remains of some rockets that hit a kibbutz, which is known as a neighborhood and all the shrapnel associated with it, you know, to basically inflict maximum human damage to anybody that that is near where this this missile lands. We had gone to a specific place to eat the day before. The next day we go back there and in the parking lot there's a bombed out car uh, because of action the previous night. Uh, And then, you know, to see their Iron Dome missile system in action is unbelievable. But when they're firing four or five thousand missiles at once, it's unreal. But, you know, to get into the details of Iran's involvement here, it is unprecedented. And one of the bigger issues is, well, the, you know, I don't know why there is this belief, this obsession. And it started in 2015 that Obama Biden joint comprehensive plan agreed to between Iran and the United States and, and the UK and Russia, France and China and the European Union, the dumbest deal ever in history. And that resulted in Iran getting billions of dollars. And and basically the, the rationale behind it was that we wouldn't ever have a nuclear armed Iran. The only problem is, is that they would never ever as part of that deal were any U.S. inspectors ever allowed to go anyplace. And even the inspectors that were allowed to go, quote, inspect, it wasn't any place, any time inspection. No, they get as many weeks as they need to clean up any evidence of what they really, truly might have been involved in. So, you know, somehow, you know, this more recent deal, well, the, the left is saying, well, they didn't get the $6 billion yet. Okay, they didn't get the $6 billion yet, but the money has been moved from South Korean banks where Donald Trump tied that money up as he tore up the old, the, this horrific Iranian deal. And that money has been transferred to a bank in Qatar. And while the funds haven't got there, these funds are fungible. Now, you, and, and it's a term you've heard a lot. So in other words, now that the Iranians know they got $6 billion coming to them, well, that, that money that they might have otherwise spent on, I don't know, humanitarian purposes, if, if you believe such a thing is even possible with the Iranians, I don't actually think you can, but, but it, it's monies that, that they are now free to spend as the number one wor- world sponsor of terrorism, number one state sponsor of terror. When the issue came up at the time, there was this famous interview, I believe it was Lester Holt, I know it was NBC News, where the Iranian president talks about the $6 billion in unfrozen money and this prisoner swap. Remember, we got five prisoners that Joe Biden's paying ransom for. And anyway, the Iranian president says, well, we can use the $6 billion prisoner cash wherever we need it. So from the get-go, there was, there was never any doubt the way they viewed this deal, that you know the idea that they're going to have a committee and that committee is going to somehow you know, only give it for humanitarian purposes, fine, that frees up all the other money. That's what it means to say the money's fungible. The money can, you know, move, be taken out of this fund and, okay, you pay for our infrastructure, you pay for our roads, 
Uh, you pay for social programming, and we'll take the other, we'll take that six billion otherwise that we would have had to spend, and we'll spend it on fomenting more terror. Um, now we have Hamas that has taken hundreds of hostages. By the way, confirmed as of now, nine dead Americans uh, over the weekend that were, you know, victims of of this unprecedented attack. Uh, there are questions as to what happened to Israeli intelligence here. Legitimate questions because. You know, generally they're viewed as the gold standard in terms of intelligence gathering in the world. So that that's a question, frankly, that doesn't need to be answered now because it happened as now Israel prepares, you know, has now made a declaration of war and they they will now respond with overwhelming force. There's not going to be any handcuffs on Bibi Netanyahu. I can tell you right now, this this is about Israel's mere existence now hanging in the balance. This will be a fierce battle and Israel will win this battle that I can tell you so on the one hand you know just about an hour ago news broke that Hamas the terror group with links to Iran and funding from Iran and all these broadcasts basically and all these reported reports out there that the Iranian Revolutionary Guard was active up to and involved in the plotting and the planning and the execution and, and granting permission for Hamas to do this with even support from, again, more terror-funded groups like Hezbollah uh, uh, to the north. I mean, it's pretty obvious what they're doing here. Anyway, so now with all the hostages that they took out of Israel, over 100, they're now threatening to begin broadcasting executions of these Israeli hostages. This sound a lot like ISIS. And many people, I think, rightly are comparing this to this is Israel's 9-11. When you consider the size of Israel being equal to that of the state of New Jersey, and about 1,100 is the latest number I I have seen of known Israelis that have been killed in this, uh, that's pretty significant. 9-11-01, it was 2,977 of our fellow Americans that are killed. Less than that with Pearl Harbor, but certainly a wake-up call for the Israelis. On the one hand, they're open to truce uh, discussions on the eve of Israel's fierce response. We think this response is coming overnight. While I'm on the air tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox, we expect this, this war to be fully engaged now by the Israelis. We know it's coming. There's, there's no ifs, no ands, no buts. It is a declaration now of war. So... If you remember how ISIS used to release their videos of their terrorist soldiers beheading Western hostages live on TV. Yeah, Hamas is now trying to do the same thing while, on the other hand, opening this, the idea that, well, we're open to truce discussions. After, after we've killed enough of your people, let's talk truce so that you don't hit us back. I don't think that's going to work. One top Israeli official is actually saying that dozens with, a, with an S of Americans were taken hostage. This is in Rolling Stone reporting this. That Israel's U.N. ambassador, Gilad Ardan, saying that dozens of Americans are being held in Gaza amid the Hamas attack. Quote, I know that there are dozens and then stops dozens, OK, of Israelis holding American citizenship who are being held in Gaza. There are many Israelis who have American citizenship and we don't have all the names. We're still working to try and get the names of the missing people, but dozens of Americans now, we also know amongst them, you know, from countries like Poland and France and Germany and many others as well. You have the top Iranian commander announcing two years ago that Hamas had 
their full support in any attacks on Israel. Well, we've known this for a long time. Just like the proxy war with, you know, down in Yemen was being funded by, come almost completely and exclusively by Iran to go after the Saudis. One of the things that the Iranians desperately did not want to have happen was this accord between the Saudis and the Israelis. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, and by the way, if you're interested in where Donald Trump was, he predicted weeks ago that Israel would be attacked because of Biden's $6 billion blunder. Quote, Trump warned a month ago that Biden's release of $6 billion to Tehran would result in terror attacks and kidnapping. Well, when you pay ransom for hostages, that's usually what the net result is. More hostages get taken. But you got Winken, Anthony, Tony Blinken, the same genius behind the Afghanistan debacle, insisting that Biden's $6 billion giveaway to Iran didn't, didn't fund its sneak attack on Israel. Uh, how do you possibly come to that conclusion? Because if they, if they do follow, you know, what the, what the deal said, which would be new to them, that wouldn't stop them from appropriating all the other money they would otherwise have to spend on, quote, humanitarian aid, whatever form or manifestation that came in. You know, now they're using it to foment even more terror. It's insane. You know, how far this is going to go, I don't know. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Look, I've got something to tell you that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans my cell phone company's Pure Talk. It's a veteran-owned company. They're on a mission uh, to make a real difference in the lives of our military members, and I'm talking about Pure Talk, uh, and I, I really love what they're doing. Now, don't forget, the service, you got the same exact cell towers, same 5G network as the big carriers, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and the average family for the same service is saving close to $1,000 a year, but... They're recognizing our vets gave everything to protect our nation. Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. So their goal, pretty ambitious one, to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. That's where your help comes in. Not only will you get for the same service a lot of money in your pocket, but with every new order, they're going to donate a portion of that money to this noble cause. You can make a real difference by choosing superior service that's going to save you money. And right now, don't forget, for 20 bucks a month, you get unlimited talk and text. You get 50% more data than just a few weeks ago and mobile hotspot. 20 bucks a month, just dial pound 250, say the keyword, save now, make the switch. Pound 250, keyword, save now.